Halfway through the show tonight here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we dish the rocks to the JR Sport Brief Show. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Charlie Campbell, the lead draft analyst at WalterFootball.com, is set to join us. He's live out in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. And, man, I've been talking about it all show long, man. Pretty much every time we've come back from break, I got to show some love to the DBs out there in this 2023 class, man. I got the Combine uh, on the TV here in studio, and the DBs uh, just wrapping up the on-field workouts and the tandem of corners over at Maryland, man. Shout out to Terps and Coach Locks kids, man. Uh, Jacorian Bennett and Deontay Banks both running sub 4340s uh, at the cornerback position, man. And I think they may go down as the fastest cornerback tandem ever at the combine coming from the same school. So it'd be interesting to see uh, where they end up getting drafted. I know Washington uh, definitely has a need at the cornerback spot. Uh, they got a couple other needs as well. We'll discuss those with Charlie Campbell, the lead draft analyst for WalterFootball.com, coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes or so. Right now, though, I want to continue the conversation we've been going with all night here. Ron Rivera, pretty much since Wild Card Weekend or Division Around Weekend, when that report came out from Jonathan Jones of CBS uh, saying that Ron Rivera, when interviewing prospective offensive quarter coordinator candidates, I was pretty much telling them that, hey, look, Sam Howell, our rookie fifth-round pick from this past year, he's going to get the crack at being QB1. He's going to get the first opportunity to earn the starting quarterback job here for Washington. And look, I said it at the time, and I'll say it now, the decision to roll with Sam Howell is, to me, why this offseason is off to a slamming start, right? Think about what we learned about Sam Howell this year. And I'm not just talking about the Week 18 start against Dallas. I'm talking about all the positive things we heard coming out of that building all season long about how Sam Howell handled himself Monday through Saturday, so to speak. The young man understands what it takes to be a pro in this league. If he doesn't fail, and I have no clue whether or not it's going to pan out or whether or not he's going to work out or not. If he does fail, though, it's not going to be for lack of effort. It's not going to be because he wasn't in love with the game. The kid has every trait you want at the quarterback position. The kid embodies what it means to be a quarterback in 2023. He's mobile. He can make all the throws. He can throw from different platforms. And he can win off schedule. He can make plays off schedule. That is what you want in today's quarterback. So the idea of him getting the first crack at winning this job next year, I'm totally fine with it. And I know folks are going to say, well, damn, Ron, does it make a whole lot of sense to hit your wagon in a make-or-break year for you to a fifth-round pick who's got one career start? I'll say this about Sam Howell and being a fifth-round pick. Sam Howell, pretty much anybody that you ask will tell you that Sam Howell isn't your atypical fifth-round pick. Sam Howell isn't your traditional fifth-round pick. This young man has plenty of starting qualities and starting quarterback traits. You all have heard the story a million times. Lights up the ACC as a freshman in North Carolina. His sophomore year was so damn good that there was talks about him being the potential number one overall pick in last year's draft. But his junior year graduates as starting wide receiver. 
graduate starting lineman and his two top backs. And the numbers dropped off, as they would for anybody in that situation. So I can't blame Sam for that. Still, Sam Howell, despite what he did in his junior season, many folks were looking at him as pretty much a second or a third round pick. Washington, lucky enough that he drops all the way to the fifth round and they pull the trigger at the top of round five and go get their guy. That's how you do it, right? Draft and develop. That's my key phrase for this offseason. You've already drafted Sam Howell. This offseason should be about developing Sam Howell. So the notion that Washington needs to have this gladiator type of quarterback competition for Sam Howell to me is ludicrous. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you really want Sam Howell to have the best opportunity at winning the starting quarterback job, then he's got to get every rep this offseason. This isn't like the quarterback competition in Carolina between Baker and Sam Darnold where they're splitting reps 50-50. That doesn't benefit Sam Howell. Ron Rivera, though, all, se- all offseason long, though, has been very consistent with this message that Sam's going to get the first crack at the job. Earlier today, he sat down with the folks at Pro Football Focus and had this to say about the plan at quarterback moving forward. We've got to make sure we go out and find competition, veteran competition, guys that's going to come in and compete and push him, and maybe, who knows, maybe win the job, but at the same time, be there to compete, and if he doesn't get it, we got to believe this guy uh, enough is going to go out, and then what he's going to do is he's going to accept you know, the, the situation that he is the backup, and, and that's what you're going to have to do. Now, again, I, I'm not precluding this guy the opportunity if he does come in, whether it be Taylor or somebody else, that they can win that job. Ron Rivera laying out the plan at quarterback uh, this offseason for the Washington Commanders. The frustrating thing for me, and I, I laid this out over the past couple of segments, man, the idea the idea of bringing Taylor Heineke back, man, let, let's, let's put that to bed. Right, I'm, re- I'm ready to put that to bed. It's March 3rd, 2023, and we're still talking about Taylor Heineke potentially being a starting quarterback for Washington. At some point, when do you move the hell on? Right? At some point, you got to rip the Band-Aid off. It's over with Taylor Heineke here in D.C. Let's stop talking about it. What I want to talk about now, what's relevant, are the potential veteran options that Washington has at the quarterback position. It's based on what Ron Rivera said. Whatever veteran that they do ultimately bring in, he is going to have a legit shot at winning this job. Whether you agree with that or not is an entirely different story. But based on what Ron Rivera just said, whoever they bring in as this team's backup quarterback is going to have a shot at winning the job. So in the scenario that Sam Howell can't win the job or can't beat out the backup, who do you want the veteran guy to be? There aren't a ton of options that make sense financially for Washington, right? I've listed some of them here as the show's going on. Teddy Bridgewater is somebody to me that makes sense, but we all know what Teddy Bridgewater is. How many wins would Washington have if Teddy B was the starting quarterback? Not many. Shane Buechel. 26-year-old kid who's been in the Chiefs quarterback room for the past couple of years. He makes a ton of sense to me because he's well-versed in that Eric Bieniemy system, and there isn't going to be some sort of huge growing period. And he can also help Sam Howell learn the verbiage and terminology that they've been using in Kansas City. So I think Shane Buchel makes a ton of sense, and he's very much at the top of my short list. 
Gardner Minshew, the Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback, makes some sense. But if I know anything about Philadelphia, and if I know anything about Howie Roseman, they're going to be hell-bent on keeping that quarterback room the same. They're going to be hell-bent on ensuring that they have a stable backup for Jalen Hurts. And that's smart. Because Gardner Minshew could ball. Ain't no mistake about it. The kid can play. But he's a guy that if he came here, I wouldn't be completely fearful of Washington's season going to waste because he's started before in this league. Andy Dalton's another guy that intrigues me. Saw him start a couple of games for the New Orleans Saints this past year. Not very good. Not very good. Andy Dalton's not somebody that I think moves the needle here for Washington. Andy Dalton's not somebody I would feel comfortable with if Sam loses. You know who I would be comfortable with, though? And I've continued to say this name. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, to me, represents exactly what Washington needs in this quarterback room. Not only in the quarterback room, but along the roster. The team could use Jacoby Brissett. Anybody you talk to in any of Jacoby's previous stops, they rave about the type of leader he is. They rave about the type of teammate that he is. That's what you want here in Washington. You're looking for somebody to come in and push Sam Howe and help him get better, but also a guy that's willing to be a mentor and a guy that's willing to help him grow as a quarterback. And I think Jacoby Brissett, based off of everything that I hear about this guy, would be perfect, would be perfect to come in here and be the backup for Sam Howell here in D.C. I think that represents a dream scenario for Washington if you're able to land a Jacoby Brissett. My other guy that I would really be intrigued by is Mike White. Everything you heard about Mike White last year with the Jets, they loved this guy. He's mobile. He's got a strong arm. Why not? Anything to me, though, at this point, is better than Taylor Heineke. Hell, I'll even take a flyer on a Marcus Mariota, who didn't look half bad this past year when the Atlanta Falcons played him. It didn't look bad. It didn't look bad at all. So the idea of Marcus Mariota coming here isn't completely ridiculous. I have confidence in this group's ability to still win games if Mariota is signed here. But the one thing that I'll continue to say that cannot be lost in any of this, if Sam Howell loses the quarterback competition this offseason, all hell is going to break loose here locally. People are going to be upset. They should be. They should be. Because if Sam Howe isn't your guy going into the season, then why the hell aren't you in the veteran quarterback market? Why haven't you called up Derek Carr's folks? Why haven't you talked to Daniel Jones' representatives? They should be all in on a veteran that can help them win if Sam Howe isn't really going to be given every opportunity to win the job, to hear him come out today and talk about the idea of him potentially losing the job is insanity to me. There's no scenario to me, no positive scenario at least, in which Sam Howell doesn't win this quarterback competition. But I'll continue to say this, man. Although I completely think it's the right decision, 
to give Sam Howell every opportunity to start? I just am not buying that Ron Rivera in year four of a five-year deal is going to go with a rookie fifth-round pick to get him to the promised land. His job security is on the line. His livelihood is on the line at this point. And we think he's going to go with Sam Howell? If this wasn't a lame duck year for Ron, it would make sense. But I don't know if I can believe 100% what Ron Rivera is saying. I've been very consistent, though, with my messaging about this since season's end. The Washington Commanders deserve a pat on the back for having the stones to go out and give Sam Howell an opportunity to win this job. And I'll continue to say it. The best way for Ron Rivera to ensure his long-term job security here in D.C. is for Sam Howell to end up being the quarterback of the future for this football team. I will build a damn statue outside of FedEx Field if Sam Howell turns into the guy. Because the one blimp, the one dirty stain on Ron Rivera's resume here in D.C. is his inability to properly address quarterback. They've hit on free agents. They've drafted pretty well. The quarterback position, though, has eluded this group. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What type of veteran option do you think Washington should be looking to bring in of this offseason to compete with Sam Howell? Harold's in D.C. What's going on, Harold? Hey, Linnell. My, my best option, I would, I would get with Eric Bieniemy, and I would have him go through every backup quarterback he had in Kansas City mm-hmm. that's familiar with that offense. And I would bring that guy in because he could also teach Sam how even exactly. if the job not his. Exactly. So and they have another person in that room that know it all. The guy I mentioned was Shane Buchel. That was an interesting name. He's been in that room for the past three years. Right, exactly. That's what you go with. You got to go with somebody that has familiarity. You can't bring in a veteran and they both starting at square, fun, square one and not know what the offense is. Somebody in the room has to know the offense so that they could explain it to the people that don't. Right. Hey, Harold, That's I it, man. I appreciate I, it. I completely agree with you, buddy. I appreciate the call. Ashton's in Silver Spring. What's going on, Ashton? Hey, man. Hope you're doing well. I got to tell you, I wasn't expecting to call in, but this conversation is just the fact that Ron is even contemplating bringing another veteran. What has that done for us? Ryan Fitzpatrick, failure. Carson Wentz, failure. Literally, the worst thing that could happen is Sam Howell starts is if we have a terrible season and we get a top three pick. I'm tired of us being in this, like, middle of the road, like, 7-9, and 8-8, eight eight, you know, not good enough to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to get a good pick. You know, start the kid. You know, the, I've been a fan since I was a child, and the one thing this organization has never been able to do is just commit to a young talent and build around them. They always want this immediate, you know, immediate change, immediate effort. That's not how success is built. And I just, there should, he, Sam Howell should get every single rep this offseason. There should be no competition. He should be our guy. If we hit, then we got a, a great quarterback in the fifth round. If we lose terribly, then we get a good pick next year. I see it as a win-win in my opinion. Thanks, bro. Have a good night. Yeah, hey, I appreciate the call, Ashton. That's exactly call of the night, Ashton. That's, you couldn't lay it out any better than the way Ashton just did. 
That is the scenario that's at hand here right now for Washington. And I understand that everybody should be forced to compete and earn their job. It's the National Football League. But the quarterback position is a wee bit different. What benefit does Sam Howell have from watching a Jacoby Brissett get reps? What benefit does Sam Howell have in watching an Andy Dalton go out and get reps? He needs to be given every opportunity to win this job, and that starts by him getting every single rep this offseason. Let's go to Dave in Woodbridge. What's going on, Dave? Hey, buddy. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? All right. So, I don't see, as long as Snyder's here, he's not going to go get a big name because he don't want to put any money into a signing bonus. He just wants his lump sum and out. So I, I think that's another reason why Hal's going to get a shot. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I, I, you know, Washington fan, I want this man to succeed. But I don't see him stroking a check to give anybody whatever the bonus is and, you know, $45 million a year for a car or Rogers or whoever it is. Now, these other names you're throwing out, I, I don't mind as much with the Jacoby Percet or the White. I, I really, I'm, I'm intrigued with that. I didn't even think of him. I, I like that one. Your, your thoughts with the money side. Yeah, it's interesting, Dave, and I, I feel like you're on to something with that. I do think the financial ramifications of the impending sale of the team do have something to do with Washington not being aggressive in the veteran quarterback market because you've kind of laid it out, and I've said it here multiple times. Going into year four of a five-year deal, if you're Ron Rivera, you've missed the playoffs in two of your first three seasons. It's win or your ass is gone next year. So. If Sam Howe, Ron feels like gives you the best chance to win, that's probably because you don't have any money to spend. I appreciate the call, Dave. Paul's in Gainesville. What's going on, Paul? Good evening. First, I, I, to be honest with you, I will give Sam Howell every single chance that I can. I, I mean, agree. he's on a rookie I totally deal. Agree. Uh, he's on a rookie deal. You go ahead and pay Deron Payne. Give him his money. You see what Sam Howell has this year. If you don't like it, go draft your quarterback next year. Why give up all the assets for Aaron Rodgers? That is 40 is about to walk next month. Well, the argument Don't give up draft picks for anybody. Paul, the argument I would make for Aaron Rodgers is if you acquire a guy of Aaron Rodgers' skill with the talent that Washington has on this roster, you're automatically Super Bowl contenders, Paul. And I think. Well, and, and well I think, what are you acquiring for? One year, Paul, two Paul, years? Though, Paul, think about it, though. We would take two years of being a contender. Think about when's the last time this team's won 11 games. When's the last time this team won a playoff game? You would take- No, sir. I, I I need my team to give me a franchise quarterback that's going to be here next 10, 15 years. So you're telling me if Aaron Rodgers was on the table for Washington, you wouldn't be in on it, Paul? No, sir. He's 40 years old. I will be in on Aaron Rodgers when he was sitting in a draft room when we took Paul, uh, one pick later. Paul, we took Jason Gamble. won a playoff game since 2005, buddy. 40. He's 40. I'm not giving up two first-round draft picks for a 40-year-old. Nah. What are you thinking? No, I'm not. I, I've, already, I've already suffered 30 years of losing. I might as well do two more. That's loser talk, and I appreciate the call, Paul. That's, that, that's a loser for you. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, Charlie Campbell, the lead draft analyst for WalterFootball.com, is set to join us. He's live out in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. He'll give us the latest on who the Washington Commanders could potentially be looking at with their first-round pick, pick number 16 in next month's draft. Charlie Campbell said to join us next. 
Joining us right now live from Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine is Charlie Campbell, draft analyst for WalterFootball.com. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Draft Campbell. Charlie, I know this is your favorite time of year, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's been an awesome combine so far and really excited to see how these workouts unfold. Before you got on here, man, we were talking about the quarterback position and uh, obviously here locally, the commanders is the team that we follow. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, the head coach and general manager, uh, both have gone out and said that Sam Howell, last year's fifth round pick, uh, was going to get the first shot at being QB1 heading into this offseason. If you can go back to last year, what were some of the grades that you had on Sam Howell, and do you think it's a good move for Washington? Well, I think that, I mean, uh, last year I thought he was really underrated. I thought he was the kind of sleeper, underrated quarterback prospect of of that class. I mean, he can really sling it and uh, underrated athlete and a gamer. Uh, and I think that part of the slide wasn't really his fault. And we, North Carolina just had lost a lot of talent yeah. uh, to the NFL from sophomore to junior year, et cetera. And so it, that hurt him. But um, I thought he was a second day pick. I thought he was a second or third round pick. So getting him in the fifth round, I think was an absolute steal. Uh, and I do think he has uh, the passing ability to be a, a starter in the NFL. And, you know, I think it's in some ways it, it could be a brilliant move for Washington because you would have a young starter that is in, incredibly cheap yeah. uh, which would allow you to spend elsewhere on the roster in a in a you know gluttonous kind of way which is really uh, a huge advantage but uh, at the same time you're also going into the season uh, a really important year for uh, Mayhew and Ron Rivera uh, with kind of an unknown and and so that's the, the risk involved so uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to to get another quarterback in there yeah. uh, just to give them another option and, you know, a starting potential player. Now there, there's a couple of different avenues Washington could go to fill that void. There's obviously a slew of veterans out there in free agency that they can bring in, but there's also some intriguing prospects that they could possibly take on day two or three of the draft. Uh, somebody I've been, you know, playing really close attention to is a Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker. His season ends short because of the ACL tear. But when you look at the overall body of work from Hooker and you look at the physical uh, tools that this young man has, I know he's coming off of the injury, but do you see a scenario in which a team tries to trade back up into the end of the first round to try to gain that fifth-year option and that extra year of control for Hooker? Well, yeah, I think it's it's – Within the realm of possibility, uh, I think more likely he goes on day two, but definitely that fifth-year option is really valuable, especially at the quarterback position. But, uh, you know, Hooker or Malik Cunningham from Louisville, I Mm. think could be really nice uh, day two guys for a team like Washington to, to give consideration to. Charlie, I want to get your thoughts on the quarterbacks at the top of this draft. Now, obviously, Washington... I would have to move mountains to try to go up and get one of the top three signal callers talking about C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or an Anthony Richardson. I don't know the way that you've got these guys graded, but if there was a guy Washington was thinking about going up and 
moving the farm to get, uh, who, who do you think it should be? Well, I mean, to go from where they are at uh, 16, I guess, to to one would just be uh, an insane price. Yeah. Uh, and and so I, I think that, you know, it, realistically, uh, price-wise, they really can't move up to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because those guys are going to go in the top four uh, at the lowest. They'll be gone. So realistically, though, you could go from 16 and move up, you know, 10 spots uh, roughly if you're willing to give up next year's first-round pick. We saw that uh, with the Texans when they moved up for Deshaun Watson and the Chiefs when they moved up for Pat Mahomes, uh, the Bears moving up for Justin Fields, and that's what they paid, and those teams were, were moving up you know, roughly 10, 12 spots or so. Uh, and that's a, that's a big price to pay, but it's not intolerable. So if they really fell in love with Richardson or Will Levis, they could move up there into the top 10 to get, to get one of those two. Cause I think those guys are likely to go in the back half of the top 10. I want to get more of your thoughts on Anthony Richardson. Cause to me, man, I think, we're just now really starting the evaluation process when it comes to him. But by the time April rolls around, Charlie, I think he could be spoken about as one of the most polarizing quarterback prospects in recent memory. When you talk about all the physical tools that this young man has, where do you see him eventually going? And, and where do you think he stacks up against the other guys in the class? Yeah. I mean, it, he is a real difficult evaluation and, uh, you know, you can make a cut-up tape where you look at the plays and you're like, oh, my God, this guy should go number one overall, no-brainer. And then you can make another cut-up where you, you just see a horrible inaccuracy in the short to intermediate part of the field and you say, this guy can't play quarterback in the NFL at all. So it's a complete feast or famine, uh, and there's real boom-bust potential with him. And it really, I think it would help him to go to a team uh, that has someone in place as a veteran who could start right away to give him some time uh, to develop and really learn the scheme and not be forced on the field too early. He really has got to improve his accuracy. That is a huge problem. Uh, just, just the routine throws, the, the throws to the flat, to the sideline, uh, he'll spray the ball all over the place in some games. And then other games, he's a lot better. It's just complete hit and miss. And sometimes he'll get streaky within the game. So he just needs a lot of time and development. He, as a football player, he really needed to go back to school. Uh, but financially, I get yeah. why he came out when he did. Why not develop starter. for millions of dollars, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, he turned down a, a ton of money and NIL uh, potential at Florida. Um, so for a football development standpoint, it would have made sense for him to go back. He still would have made plenty of money and he would have improved his chances. If it, you know, if he really took a big step uh, in his second year as a starter, then you're probably looking at number one overall, you know, so uh, in 2024, because he's bigger stronger than Caleb Williams. I mean, he's, he's like a, a slightly shorter Cam Newton. Yeah. So, uh, 
Uh, I mean, he he's a stud athlete, so it's in some ways disappointing uh, that that kind of wasn't part of the consideration to me. Yeah, quarterback definitely going to be something interesting to watch for Washington as next month's draft uh, starts to approach us. Uh, and the latest mock draft that you guys have on WalterFootball.com, uh, you guys mocked Brian Branch, the uh, cornerback safety hybrid from Alabama to Washington. That's a name that, uh, Charlie, I'm starting to see linked a lot to Washington. I know Washington's got a lot of Alabama ties, but that's really a position of need right now for Washington. If they don't choose to go Brian Branch, uh, next month, uh, can, can you get us up to speed on some middle to late round guys that could really come in and help this group at the cornerback position? Because as you know, this cornerback class, uh, probably one of the richest we've seen in recent memory. Yeah, the, the Washington is definitely fortunate in that uh, the, the one of the strengths of the of this draft class lines up with need on their roster. And I know from talking to people with the commanders at the Senior Bowl, uh, and here at the Combine that they really want to improve their cornerback talent and play uh, next year. So uh, in the first round, you have that corner safety hybrid and branch. Uh, Dev- Devon Witherspoon from Illinois could be in the picture there for them, along with Joey Porter Jr. and Christian Gonzalez, um, cornerbacks from Penn State and Oregon. Uh, those three are kind of the top three, but then day two, they could get some values. You look at Cam Mitchell from Northwestern, big, physical, smart cornerback. Deontay Banks from Maryland has a really nice skill set, really talented player, uh, could use some coaching up, and that's why he's probably more of a second-rounder. But the, the talent is there for him to be a really good pro starter. So uh, those guys, if they wanted a slot corner, you could look at Clark Phillips from Utah, who's an absolute ball hawk, just a dangerous corner to throw at in terms of picking the ball off. And um, so there's a lot of good options and many others. We could go all day uh, digging into them. But, yeah, in the second, third round, there's going to be some really nice corner values. Uh, we're joined right now by Charlie Campbell, one of the lead draft analysts at WalterFootball.com. Make sure you give Charlie a follow at Draft Campbell uh, on Twitter. Another position in need for Washington, Charlie, uh, is the offensive line. They could use help on the interior. They could use help to tackle as well. I want to talk specifically about the tackles because that seems like an area where Washington could be in the range of one of those top guys falling to them. Uh, who do you have as your top-ranked tackle in this class, and what do you think about the depth of that position? Uh, the depth isn't as strong there as compared to, like, say, cornerback or running back or tight end. Those positions, I think, are kind of the best in this draft class. But uh, where they're picking at 16, they should have some good options available. Uh, I think Peter Skaronsky, the, the tackle from Northwestern, uh, is probably the one of the safest picks in the draft. He might go top 10. Um, Paris Johnson, the left tackle from Ohio State, really kind of more of that uh, prototype skill set for a left tackle. He could go top 12, might slip to 16. That would be a really nice value pick for Washington if he gets there. And then I think also if they were interested potentially in moving back, um, you could have some good options like the Maryland uh, left Jaylen tackle, Duncan, Jalen yeah. Duncan. He's got a great skill set. I think he's being really underrated uh, thus far. I think he's a he's a better player than than kind of the media has caught on to. So 
uh, potentially you could move back and pick him up or uh, Tyler Steen from Alabama, who's really smart, versatile player, was a four-year starter in the SEC between Vanderbilt and Alabama. Uh, really nice, f- developed football player. Uh, he could be had late in the first round, probably might not get to the Washington second round pick. Yeah. Uh, and then Broderick Jones from Georgia, who could also be a late first round pick, maybe early second rounder. Uh, I know a lot of teams have him graded on the second in the second round, but playing a premium position uh, always helps guys to move up. So. Uh, definitely there's some there's a few options there uh, and if they move down that could be intriguing as well Charlie from a team building standpoint it seems like you know the the consensus seems to be that drafting a guard within the top 15 he would have to be an exceptional talent I feel like this young man Osiris (laughs) Torrance uh, from the University of Florida man just is an absolute mauler really good uh, physical traits, and, and he's got really good quickness and, and the ability to play in space. With a guy like him, if you're Washington at pick number 16, I don't know how familiar you are with the other needs of some of the teams in front of Washington. Do you see a scenario in which Washington could maybe trade back and get one of the premier interior guys in this class? Because I know that would definitely fill a need uh, for Washington as well. Yeah, definitely. I think Torrance is a potential late first-rounder early second round pick and it's really with him I think it's going to be more scheme specific and kind of team specific as to how they feel about kind of the build of offensive linemen and what they want to do in terms of if they want to be more of a zone running team or or power running team and a lot of teams kind of have plays from both in their playbooks so uh, but Torrance is, he, like you said, he's an absolute mauler. He can be a road grader, really uh, get a push there. I think from talking with teams, they want to see him improve the body for the NFL, yeah. get a little uh, get a little more, you know, drop a few pounds to improve the conditioning uh, and, you know, just to improve his, you know, health and everything in terms of avoiding injury. So, uh, so with that being the case, I think he could be a late first rounder uh, and and not necessarily going top 16. So if they traded back, that would be an interesting pick, and he would probably be a plug-and-play starter mm. for a team drafting him late in the first round, early second round. Got to get in a little better shape, but definitely uh, could play quickly in the NFL. Yeah, Charlie, I know that is definitely uh, music to the ears of Commanders fans, man. It's been a rotating door Uh, in the interior of the offensive line for the past couple of seasons. They lost Brandon Sheriff to Jacksonville in free agency, and then the guys they brought in this past offseason just didn't cut it. Uh, Two more before we let you out of here. I mentioned interior offensive linemen. I don't know how much tape you watched last year on Washington's seventh-round pick at the guard spot, uh, Chris Paul, the kid from Tulsa. Yeah, I, I thought that he was a talented player that could go a few rounds earlier. So I thought that was a really nice pick for them in the seventh round. And, you know, some of these guys just need more, a little bit more developmental time. And uh, so, you know, you see a lot of players take the 
biggest jump going from, you know, their first season to their second season, uh, you know, having having been through a year developing in the pro strength and conditioning program and getting in the, the pro dietitian plans and whatnot. So yeah. uh, definitely, I think the, in, in the offensive line, you get a lot of late round undrafted free agent guys that figure out a way to become solid pros by being tough and physical and smart. And so uh, I don't rule out any, any offensive line guys late in the draft or undrafted. Charlie, I'll let you go on this one, man. I know the workouts, I believe they're set to start tomorrow. If I'm not mistaken, Uh, you've been out there for a few days now, man. What's your biggest takeaway from being down there in Indianapolis? Well, you know, it, the biggest takeaway for me is the Jalen Carter situation where you have a guy who was, you know, destined for the top four uh, now could be an utter free fall, you know, because uh, he did, he was not forthcoming to teams about this situation. Mm. I spoke with a GM on Tuesday night whose team had interviewed him uh, and they said the interview went okay, kind of a little bit of a roll of the eyes. And there were teams that had work ethic concerns with him and character and makeup concerns. And so then when he did those interviews and he didn't, uh, wasn't forthcoming about this new uh, incident, that is really alarming to teams. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they want to see guys with honesty and who are upfront if they did get in trouble uh, rather than trying to be evasive and try and duck it, you know, they, that really doesn't fly. So uh, that's going to be huge, huge thing to watch in the weeks and months to come, you know, how much trouble, if he gets exonerated, then I think he's okay, but it's still teams aren't going to like the fact that he's out in the middle of the night, potentially racing yeah. cars. You know, nobody, it's tough. The, the Henry Ruggs situation mm-hmm. was just tragic in so many ways. Uh, I was talking with people who were with the Raiders that year last night, and they said it's just horrible the amount of lives that were ruined there because Ruggs wasn't a bad kid. Uh, he had just made a bad mistake, and it ruined, you know, people's lives. And you don't want players – uh, you know, putting themselves in that kind of position. So Jalen Carter's opened up that those concerns for him, and it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, if he can kind of resuscitate his draft stock, and, and if not, like how far he could slide. Charlie, you kind of opened up Pandora's box for me there with that last one. Um, with the Jalen Carter situation, the way the NFL – in the the conduct policy is set up, I think it would be unprecedented for the NFL to come down with any type of disciplinary action before he's actually drafted. But right. could this be a situation where we see precedent change because he went and got booked, bailed himself out, and then flew back to Indianapolis almost like nothing happened? I'm sure uh, the fact that he was had an arrest warrant out for him and, and he is being charged with something – I'm, I'm sure that that's definitely raised flags to to folks not only uh, in the NFL, but excuse me, not, not only with folks within front offices, but guys uh, in the league offices. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting question, Lamel, because you know if he if if things are you know a misdemeanor where he doesn't have to you know serve kind of a sentence or anything, then perhaps you know he doesn't get disciplined by the league, but. 
I think if, if it happens after the draft where he faces some legal discipline and he's already been drafted into the NFL, then I think uh, they might be able to impose some kind of discipline. I could be wrong on that, but that's, oh, it's, definitely, that's interesting, man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of right in that bubble time uh, where you, you wonder what how it would play out that way, but definitely teams are going to be digging into it. And, you know, I know some of the stricter teams around the league that were already had some skepticism would not surprise me at all if they are completely turned off by the situation and don't want to deal with them. Yeah, it's, it's sad, man, because you mentioned – these are really young men who, you know, ultimately are making made a poor decision that that ultimately may end up changing the, the rest of his life. Uh, some NFL team, though, if they're willing to take the gamble on Jalen Carter, if he's able to correct himself, is going to get a really special talent. Uh, Charlie, I appreciate yeah. you giving us some time, man. Yeah, thanks for having. That was Charlie Campbell, lead draft analyst for WalterFootball.com. Plenty of good nuggets. Uh, in my conversation with with Charlie, man, before we take the break here, I want to touch a little bit more on the Jalen Carter situation. Um, he did uh, fly back to Indianapolis and has interviewed with teams, and Charlie kind of alluded to it uh, in our conversation there. Folks not happy. Folks not happy about the fact that he omitted what was you know set to happen in the coming days in his pre-draft interviews. No mention of the situation was made uh, in his pre-draft interview. So we'll see, man, where Jalen Carter ultimately ends up going. Every year, though, it feels like one of these high-ranked prospects either has a story come out about them that's not true, or in this case with Jalen Carter, just putting himself in a bad situation uh, that's going to affect his draft stock. But I said it uh, with Charlie, and I'll say it now, man. Whoever ends up drafting Jalen Carter is going to get an absolute stud. If you look at most draft pundits and their big boards, Jalen Carter, not only do most people have him as the best defensive player in this 2023 class, there's an argument to be made just by simply how dominant this young man is. There's an argument to be made. He is the best overall player uh, in the 2023 class. So somebody's going to get a steal. I wonder how much of a free fall he actually has on draft night, and I think we'll have more of our questions answered on the Jalen Carter front as we get closer uh, to next month's draft as teams bring guys in for their 30 visits and you get more opportunity to, to talk to this young man and sift through the information of what's true and what's not true. But the bottom line is uh, Jalen Carter's putting himself – a very precarious situation when it comes to his financial future in the National Football League because outside of this incident happening, he was a consensus clear-cut top five pick uh, going into the next year's draft. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Jalen Carter. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll switch things over to the hoops front. Uh, we'll take things to the hardwood. The D.C. family picked up a huge win last night at home over the Raptors. They're back in action Tomorrow night, once again, against the Raptors. We'll give you the latest on the Washington Wizards and help you preview tomorrow's big game against the Toronto Raptors. All that and more coming up next here on The Fan.